Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hi, Raw Fork listeners. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Batul DeWood, a pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner who founded her own practice in Minnesota. She's a zealot for learning and such an inspiration to anyone who wants to improve their patients and their own lives. I had a wonderful time chatting with her and learning about her process and hope you all enjoy the episode. Hi, Dr. Batul DeWood, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Marina. How are you? I'm good. So uh, since we're beginning the podcast, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, anything that you want to introduce yourself with? Yeah, first of all, I really want to thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you and share my story with you and your listeners. So so I am a functional medicine pharmacist and the founder of NIR Health and Wellness, uh, which is basically functional medicine practice in Blaine, Minnesota. And at NIA Health, uh, I help my patients basically, uh, I see patients with chronic diseases, and I help my patients get to the root cause of their chronic illnesses so they can regain their health back, improve their quality of life, and I help them kind of uh, reduce their medication burden so they can wean off their chronic medications. So the way oh. I got into this field, and go ahead, I'm sorry. No, yeah, go, go on, continue. I was just going to ask you how you got into it. Oh, yeah, so the way I got into it is, you know, uh, long story, pretty interesting. I graduated from uh, University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy six years ago, so in 2013. And like many other pharmacists, my education background is pretty conventional. You know, I had no training about food or nutrition in pharmacy school. My training was all about, you know, medications and pharmaceuticals only. But I did have, you know, I always had intuition about holistic healing because of the way I was raised. I am originally from Pakistan, and uh, growing up, my mom and other relatives, my aunts, used many natural remedies and recipes, you know, that was a part of our culture. And those remedies were running in our family uh, from generations, uh, from Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, Yunani, and Middle Eastern medicine. So intuitively, you know, I always knew the power of foods and herbs, but I guess I lost touch with it after coming to the U.S. Um, and kind of forgot about these holistic uh, natural healing concepts and became accustomed to the new culture and new environment here in the U.S. And I would say pharmacy school also played a huge role in it because there was no education, you know, about food or nutrition in pharmacy school. And I felt like it was basically disregarded and considered, uh, you know, non-evidence-based medicine as compared to our so-called uh, evidence-based uh, modern pharmaceuticals. So long story short, I ended up graduating uh, from pharmacy school, like I said, in 2013. And I remember being really excited, full of passion, you know, ready to make a positive difference in my patient's lives. 
And before my graduation, I worked and did, did my internships in several fields of pharmacy. Uh, I worked in long-term care, hospital pharmacy, and also community pharmacy. But after graduation, I decided to settle down uh, in a community pharmacy setting because I really like direct patient interaction. I love to talk to patients and see them directly. And I remember I loved my job. I really felt on purpose. I felt very rewarded and excited when I was able to improve my patient's medications-related outcomes, uh, whenever I was able to help them feel better. But after working in this field for a few years, I remember I started feeling frustrated because I noticed that most of my patients weren't getting any better. In fact, they were getting worse as they were put on more and more medications to cover more and more symptoms and side effects as the quality of life was slowly declining. And, you know, many of my patients weren't even able to afford these expensive medications uh, that they had to buy monthly. And many were having terrible side effects um, that were slowly crippling their quality of life. And, you know, and the patients weren't even given any other options or guidance uh, as far as food or any lifestyle modalities. And I wasn't trained, you know. They would say, hey, what else can we do or do you recommend anything else? But I was not trained to give that advice. So I realized that our healthcare system is really a disease care system where the only option we have is to put these patients on, you know, lifelong chronic medications with no permanent resolution uh, to their problem, to their disease. And yes, there is a time and place for these meds, but in many, you know, chronic disease, disease states, these meds were just putting a temporary band-aid while leaving the underlying cause of the disease unaddressed. So this really made me question everything I was doing as a pharmacist and everything, you know, and our healthcare system. It really made me question our healthcare system. And my observation was reinforced again when uh, my daughter was born. She was born with severe gut problems and skin problems. And as a first-time mom, I was very concerned, you know. And whenever I would just take her to her doctors, her pediatricians, they would all meet my concerns with a laundry list of medications, you know, lotions and potions and moisturizers and steroids, yeah. all to kind of get, yeah, all to kind of give her like a temporary band-aid, but nothing really to address the underlying cause. So while all of this was happening in my life, um, something else was also happening. I have a family friend um, who's extremely interested in holistic medicine and she's an extended family friend, so I was never really in touch with her. She randomly added me on Facebook, and she would just send, you know, these tips and articles and recipes over Facebook Messenger about holistic healing. And to be honest with you, before having those experiences with my patients and with my daughter, I used to blow it off, you know. I didn't even read them most of the time. But... I becoming I started becoming more open minded, you know, after having those experience to my patient with my patients and with my daughter especially, I actually was willing to look outside the box. I became more interested and I was willing to learn because I was looking for answers. You know, I wasn't finding my answers in in what I was doing in pharmaceuticals and in conventional medicine. And as the saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I don't know who's saying this originally, but uh, I heard it from Dr. Wayne Dyer, and this exactly what happened to me, right? As soon as I became open-minded and I was willing to learn, things just start sh started showing up without me even trying. 
So I would randomly run into articles, podcasts, books, and lots of information regarding natural healing. Um, you know, it was just flooding my way. And I became more and more interested. And at this point, at that point, I still did not know anything about functional medicine. Um, all I knew that I was looking for something more. So the same friend of mine, you know, who would send me articles and such, uh, she sent me a link to a documentary called The Truth About Cancer. And I'm sure you have watched that documentary, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm familiar with all of those type of documentaries and exposés. And, you know, cancer is really near and dear to me because I have a family history of cancer. My mom had cancer. Other relatives had cancer. So I found this documentary really fascinating. I couldn't stop watching. And I remember actually staying up all night, you know, trying to finish all the episodes. I was very intrigued for the very first of my uh, very first time of my life, and many speakers in that documentary and similar health documentaries that I end up watching later, I noticed that many speakers had that had that title functional medicine practitioners, and I was like I don't know what that is I, you know and that that's how I started researching about functional medicine, and uh, I started reading books you know researching articles. I signed myself up for these conferences, these functional medicine conferences, and I attended many conferences, and I learned tons of information. Um, I was self-taught uh, at this point, and I started implementing some of these things that I learned into my own life and to my family's life, and we had an amazing transformation. You know, uh, thankfully, Marina, I never really had any major health concern or condition, but some things that I thought was normal just started changing without me even trying. You know, sometimes you don't know how good you can feel until you do. Um, my mood was better. My energy was off the roof. Everything in my life started working much better. And at this point, I was totally convinced. There was no going back for me. And I started applying some of these principles to my patients. So I would incorporate nutritional counseling and lifestyle coaching to my regular, you know, counseling uh, in, at the community pharmacy I was working at, and the response was phenomenal. You know, people would come back, reporting their improvements, and soon enough, I became a popular pharmacist at my pharmacy where people would just come look for me just to chat with me or just to pick my brain or ask me for advice. So then I officially decided to take a leap into functional medicine. Uh, I got certified, and then I created my own practice. Wow, what a journey. So tell me a little bit about that transitional time when you were self-taught and then when you decided to get official training and how you combined that with your retail pharmacy job and how you eventually started your own business. So, you know, I just feel like I know a lot of functional medicine practitioners who are not certified. So that's not a must. That's not a mandatory thing because you can learn a lot now nowadays, you know, um, in the era of internet, you know, so you can actually look up things, you can read books, you can attend these seminars, these webinars, these conferences. So I already knew a lot of information, but I just wanted to give myself a boost. And I wanted to learn more about, um, you know, diagnostic testing, which I learned more uh, when I got certified. Uh, but, you know, even before I was certified, you can easily incorporate you know, nutritional advice to your appointments. So, for example, when I would um, 
counsel my patients, let's say, on blood pressure medication. I would also, yeah, I would counsel them on medication, but also I would uh, add what foods they can they can uh, consume, um, stress management, targeted supplements, all these things to make, um, to improve the outcomes and to make the medication work better and also to target, uh, you know, drug-induced nutrition deficiencies. So what else can they take to kind of combat the side effects from the medication? So I was already doing that before getting certified, but getting a certification uh, definitely gave me more edge, more boost, because I'm more confident now. And also everything in one place, like, kind of helped me work up the patient, about how to look at a patient from different angles, you know. Yeah, so uh, tell me a little bit about what education courses you found to get certified. Yeah, so uh, like I mentioned before, initially most of my education was self-taught, but then later on I attended Functional Medicine University, uh, which I found very helpful as far as diagnostic testing goes. And it is the cheapest and most convenient option available right now for anyone who is interested, you know, my life has been really busy with uh, full-time work, with uh, kids. So it was very doable for me and for most people uh, because, you know, I would be listening to lectures while driving to work and from work, from back in, you know, on my breaks. So I finished a big chunk of my certification listening to lectures like that. So it's easily doable for um, almost, you know, anybody. Then I joined a Minnesota-based local group called Minnesota uh, Holistic Medicine Group. It is a network of, I think, 800 to 1,000 different providers. And they all have different specialties, but they all have holistic mindset and holistic background. So I started attending their meetings, uh, their uh, conferences, their workshops. I still do. And I learned tons of information from that. You know, that was very helpful. Uh, as far as, you know, networking with like-minded practitioners. And also I learned more about holistic healing. We would discuss patient cases. That was really, really helpful. Then I switched gears and went on to finish my certification in wet cupping, also known as hijama therapy, which is a traditional Chinese medicine and Middle Eastern medicine. Um, so basically I got introduced to it from a practitioner here in Minnesota. And I heard about I learned I heard about it and I was not sure what it was. And after the, getting into functional medicine, I'm more open-minded. I understand that healing comes in different shapes and forms. You know, there are so many different modalities people use. So I got interested in it and um, I actually got it done on myself to see how I feel. And actually, I felt so much better. And I started referring my friends, um, I mean my my patients, to the provider. Um, and they all had, you know, improvement in their disease state. So, so uh, I decided to get certified, uh, and uh, so I got trained locally in Minnesota uh, from him, and then I went on to finish my certification from an institute in the United Kingdom. And now I'm on my way to complete my certification um, through the Institute for Functional Medicine. Wow, brilliant, as they would say in the U.K., no doubt. So um, that sounds really amazing, um, your progression and your journey. So uh, now that you felt more confident with the official courses plus all the self-study that you've done, 
Uh, you decided mm-hmm. to open up your own practice. How how did that um, transition happen for you? You know, it was in bits and pieces, to be honest. It wasn't all at once. I mean, it took me a year or two, actually, a year and a half maybe, to kind of develop my practice altogether to make it uh, functional. And initially, you know, I had some challenges, but then, um, you know, I had some help, you know. The major help I needed was, you know, administration work, how to put everything together, uh, legal issues, you know. Um, I wasn't sure what I was able to do legally versus not. not. Uh, I know different states have different laws. And in Minnesota, I know I could do some testing. And for some of the testing, I needed collaborative practice agreement with physicians. But with me joining um, that group, the Minnesota Holistic Medicine Group, that was really helpful for me because all these providers who would see me regularly in the conferences and in the, in the meetings and the workshops, they knew me, you know. So it was easy for me to get uh, my network going and um, getting that pre- uh, collaborative practice agreement. So like I mentioned before, uh, I see um, my patients uh, in my office uh, in, in, in Minnesota. I also do phone and video consultations for people who are not uh, in Minnesota, who are in a different state or even a different country um, by Skype or FaceTime. And I see patients with chronic illnesses. And like I mentioned before, my goal is to find the root cause of their uh, of their illnesses. And I do so by uh, collecting comprehensive patient history, by evaluating their lifestyle factors and diet, and by performing functional diagnostic labs and genetic testing. And for treatment, uh, the treatment approach is the combination of herbals, targeted supplements, of course, major lifestyle changes, detoxification protocols, as well as, you know, in rare cases, pharmaceuticals, you know. So I want to say that functional medicine is not against medication. You know, there is a time and place sometimes for medications. We do need them uh, in certain cases for a short period of time. So I occasionally use it. I never really, I would say 99.9% of the time I don't need it. But for 1% I need, I know I can prescribe it because of my uh, collaborative practice agreement uh, with the physician. And I want to stress that I do not treat diseases, you know. So when the patient asks, Dr. Daoud, do you treat disease X or Y? Well, my response is I don't treat a disease. You know, I treat the human body, right? I am not treating a disease, but rather I am correcting underlying imbalances in my patient's body which results in patients responding to those positive changes and improvement in their disease state. So it is quite simple. You know, I ask two questions. What can I put in my patient's body that would cause healing, that would cause balance, that would cause improvement? And what can I take away from this patient that is causing harm, that is causing imbalance? So functional medicine, you know, is not a new test, a new specialty, or a new modality. It is basically sort of an operating system, right? It is kind of a way of thinking. So for the listeners who don't know what functional medicine is, basically functional medicine is a patient-centric, patient-specific treatment approach that focuses on identifying and addressing the root cause of disease. So it is looking at systems systems biology, right? It it is looking at the system, not just isolated symptoms. It is looking at the whole body, the whole organism, instead of looking at isolated organs. 
and it focuses on the causes of an illness instead of what the title is, what the name is for the disease, right? So it is a medicine of why, um, instead of looking at, you know, isolated signs and symptoms and organs, we go down to the root, right? We like to ask, what are the fundamental drivers of disease? What are the underlying cause of illnesses, right? How do we um, get to what is making us sick? What are the underlying, uh, let's say, lifestyle factors, environmental factors? What are the exposures, toxicity, chemicals? How is the diet? Um, what is the stress level? Um, how is your social life? You know, are there any genetics predisposition? And if there are, what kind of epigenetics tool we can use to combat that? So it is quite simple, you know, rather than just focusing on the symptoms and disease titles, we go down to causes. Well, it sounds far from simple, but you make it sound simple. And it's, it's really fascinating. It makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, so can you walk us through a typical appointment and how many sessions do you typically have with a patient before they're on their way to health? So typically it needs an average about three appointments. So when patients contact me, I send them the questionnaires. That's a, they are very thorough. Like they are like 20 pages questionnaire asking different things. So basically the purpose of the questionnaire is to collect history from birth, right? Were there, were, were the C-section baby? Were, uh, were they breastfed or bottle fed, right? How was the environment at home? when they were growing up, were this, uh, uh, exposed to a lot of stress as a kid when they were growing up, um, you know, what kind of house they lived by, where did they live by airport and had exposure to a lot of uh, environmental pollutant, pollutants, uh, where they, you know, did they live on a farm and were exposed to a lot of pesticides. So the, the forms are really long, so I don't want to, you know, waste a lot of time filling them out in my office when they come see me. So I send these forms um, by email to my patients and along with the nutrition form, their, uh, their, their diet style, you know, what kind of diet they eat, all this stuff, uh, three-day food diary. Uh, I send that over to my patients in their email and they fill that out and then they see me for the first initial consultation. And uh, we go over those forms that they filled out, talk more about their history, um, their nutrition, and I also help them uh, fill out the forms to release of the medical records from the from the doctor's office. So if they have done other labs at the doctor's office, and I don't want to repeat those labs because I want to keep it, you know, as inexpensive as possible for the patients. So I have them fill those out. So I have the medical record their old labs that they have done, all this history. So the first, the purpose of the first appointment is to kind of evaluate everything, look at their history, comprehensive history, look at their labs, and then I determine, you know, what kind of labs do they need, and I order that right away during my first appointment. And I usually start from the gut. So the most popular gut, uh, the most popular lab testing is the, the comprehensive uh, GI analysis to look at the stool test, to look at the gut health, because most of the chronic diseases start in the gut. Um, so, you know, we do, uh, I order those testings, and I tell the patients to, you know, some are self-done, 
and some are lab tests, like a blood test. They have to go to a third-party lab to um, to do that. So I tell the patients to do these, and then we wait uh, a couple of months, and I also give them some guidance about uh, nutrition and nutritional plan, elimination diet or cardio metabolic diet or different kind of diets, keto diet, depending on what we are treating, what we are doing. So I recommend diets. I tell them to do them for, for, while we are waiting for lab tests so they start feeling better. So we, um, and when the tests come back, I call the patient and we uh, do a follow-up appointment. Uh, and, and, and the purpose of the second appointment is to kind of go over all the labs. And as you know, functional medicine lab testing is not yes and no. It's all the gray area. So basically, I'm reading the biochemistry in patient's body, all these different um, metabolite and different markers. So we, And that takes a long time. That takes maybe two hours, depending on how many labs I ordered. So, um, so I go over all the lab testing and then tell them the intervention. And uh, the third appointment is shorter, is basically a follow-up appointment, and we go over um, the improvement and tweak things according to patient's response. So do you ever find that you can just recommend treatment based on symptoms alone, or do you usually feel like you need certain labs uh, to back up your findings? Kind of both. A lot of times I try to avoid the testing because they are, it's expensive. You know, these functional medicine testing, they are not your mainstream testing. The insurance companies don't um, cover the, these testing and they are quite expensive. They can be very expensive. But a lot of patients, to be honest, in my experience, they want to see it in the paper. You know, like for example, if they have food allergies, they would rather do food allergy testing instead of doing elimination diet. So it's patient's call. If they have the budget, uh, we will definitely do the testing. Um, but if they don't have it, I can pretty much, with experience, it, it does come with experience. Initially, you are <laughs> clueless, like, okay, I don't know where to start from. Then you're just starting it out. But with experience, yeah, you kinda, you can kind of tell what kind of nutritional deficiencies they're having. Maybe they're having some toxic, toxic exposure. Maybe it's a hormone issue. You can kind of tell with time, with experience. So I try not to do labs uh, and just make recommendations and see how they feel. But if they really want to do tests, uh, uh, lab tests, then you can do them. Wow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to, to do it that way. So uh, do you rent an office as part of a practice, or are you the sole practitioner in your office? I'm a sole practitioner in my office, so um, I do uh, – um, I don't have any direct employees, but I contact or contract with other um, specialists if needed, um, and then we can work together on a case. But I am a sole practitioner in my practice. Wow. Well, that's very impressive. And I know there's a special meaning behind the name of your practice, Anaya. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So Anaya is basically, uh, it means blessing. Um, or care in Arabic and also Urdu, which is my native language. And it is the uh, name of my older daughter who had, you know, gut issues and eczema I was talking about and skin issues. So my journey to functional medicine started after she was born. You know, she made me open-minded. <laughs> she made me look outside the box. So, so I decided to name my practice after her. That's beautiful. So what are your plans for the future with your practice, 
and what's your overall mission? So my future plan is I'm very interested in teaching and mentoring pharmacy students on how to incorporate functional medicine into their pharmacy practice. Um, you know, I'm often invited to the College of Pharmacy here at the University of Minnesota, where I graduated from, to talk to the pharmacy students about my story, about the functional medicine in general, and the role of functional medicine in pharmacy practice. And there is a lot of interest, you know, from students and also from uh, other pharmacists to learn more about functional medicine. So in future, I plan to take more of a teaching role. Um, I'm also very interested in community outreach projects and educating our communities about the power of food and use food as medicine. So these are some of the things I want to do. And also, as much as I am interested in teaching, I'm also very interested in learning. There's no end to learning, right? I would love to learn more about other modalities uh, that can help my patients heal. And I am particularly interested in mind-body medicine. Um, so tapping, Tai Chi, mindfulness techniques. I want to learn them professionally so I can serve my patients better. So these are some of uh, my future goals. Wow, wonderful. And what's the mission for your company and yourself? So basically, I want to change the way we look at medicine, right? We associate health with medications a lot of time. Like, oh, we have to take the, these medications for life to be healthy. But that's not, that's disease maintenance, right? We are managing disease. That's not health. And I want to say that we need to change the way we look at medicine, right? We need a paradigm shift in our health care. You know, Marina, the U.S. makes less than 5% of the world population, yet we spend 50% more on healthcare, more than any other country in the world. With uh, top-of-the-line technology, we have very expensive diagnostic techniques, very expensive pharmaceuticals, but we lag far, far behind any other country in the world as far as health outcomes go. Uh, other countries, our so-called third-world countries, are even better than us which is such a shame. We don't even make it to the top 30 countries in the world. I think uh, we are number 37, according to the World Health Organization statistics. So this is really bad. This is very shameful, shameful because if you're spending all this money, uh, you know, we should be at least in top 10, but we are not. So we need to change the way we look at medicine and we want to you know, improve this, you know, we want to improve our outcomes. And we need young educators, entrepreneurs, and healthcare professionals like pharmacists to raise awareness so together, you know, we can get healthier again. The quote from Dr. Mark Hyman really speaks to me. He said, what you put at the end of the fork is more powerful than any pills in the pill bottle. And we know now through studies that food is not just calories. It is not just fuel, it is information. It is instructions to our genes. It is literally a code. You know, we can upgrade or downgrade our genetic expression by what we put in our mouth every single day. And we need this reminder uh, more than ever before, you know, because chronic diseases are on the rise. They are literally skyrocketing. Every corner you turn, you see people with, you know, diabetes, autoimmune disease, Alzheimer's, obesity, all these things that was not so common before are so common now, you know. And we need now people to understand the power of food 
and we need pharmacists to be a part of this outreach. Yeah, I have to agree with everything that you said, and I feel exactly the same way about the state of our healthcare systems today. Um, so what would be your advice for other pharmacists or pharmacy students that are interested in incorporating the holistic model in their practice? Well, first of all, like I said before, you don't have to have your own practice. So you can start from where you are now, you know, because that's how I started, right? Before NIA Health was created, I practiced, you know, all these things that I'm talking about, nutritional counseling, lifestyle coaching, um, you know, at the community pharmacy I was working at. And I know there's not always a chance, depending on how busy your pharmacy is, but any chance I got, you know, I tried, you know, you can at least try. You know, I would say that community pharmacists uh, are in a perfect position to help communities with nutrition and lifestyle coaching, not only because of the accessibility, but also because they are the most trusted professionals, right? Most people trust their pharmacists, and they frequently go to their pharmacists for recommendations, right? How many people go to their regular pharmacy looking for a product or an advice or recommendation? Many people, right? So we can literally make a huge difference. We are literally in a perfect position. You know, Marina, 70% of the chronic diseases in the U.S. can be improved or reversed with nutrition and other lifestyle changes. But most of the doctors and healthcare providers are not even trained in nutrition or other lifestyle modalities that could really help their patients heal. So pharmacists, you know, can be that healthcare provider. They can be that resource for their patients. So anyone who's interested in functional medicine, I want to tell them that you know, get to know these things. And a lot of times you can, uh, you know, learn these things by yourself without being certified. And I know of many uh, pharmacies here in um, Twin Cities in Minnesota um, uh, that have this model where they incorporate nutrition counseling and lifestyle coaching into their MTM appointments. So that, that way they can get paid, you know. They can also generate more sales by stocking and selling uh, high-quality supplements. Um, I would say, you know, also get to know drug-induced nutrition deficiencies. You know, many of the side effects that are caused by medications are partially due to uh, nutrition deficiencies that are caused by these medications. So if a pharmacist can, rec- a pharmacist can recognize that and make appropriate interventions, that would be a win-win situation for both parties, right? Because we can really improve patient compliance and patient can actually improve some of the drug side effects. And unfortunately, we did not learn that in pharmacy school, even though we are the medication experts, right? I did not learn um, here at the uh, U of M. Did you, uh, did you learn at your school, Marina? No, neither did I. But I actually interviewed the guy who literally wrote the book on drug-induced nutritional deficiencies, Dr. Russ Pelton. So anybody who's interested, you can hop on to that episode. Yes, I, I actually follow his work and I really admire what he has done, his contribution to the field of pharmacy and he has written books and done a tons of work. So it's a really good resource. So for anyone interested, you know, they can look into it, into that. And um, also get to know the supplements and herbs. Right? Many pharmacists are not trained in this area. And I've seen countless number of times when, you know, pharmacists are approached by these patients with questions or recommendations regarding an herbal or a supplement, you know, they turn the patient down by simply saying, hey, there's no evidence for the supplement. When there actually is, it's just they don't know about it, right? It's, it's a, I think it's a disservice for, to our patients. 
and we can actually research these things and you know look up the studies that are for these uh, herbs and supplements. So get to know these things. Also get to know you know reputable supplement companies uh, because like you know Marina, all the supplements are not created equally. Um, I think it was a few years ago when a third-party lab went around different uh, in different states in the U.S. to different pharmacies, uh, you know, and picked up random supplements off the shelf uh, for testing, and most of the supplements failed the test. Uh, actually, they didn't have what is said on the label. And, you know, many are either contaminated with heavy metals or chemicals, depending on, you know, where they're coming from, or they have awful active ingredients. If you look at them, you know, they have dyes, preservatives, different fillers, parabens. So these are kind of defeating the purpose, actually causing more harm and inflammation. So get to know these things. They are really important, and your patient is counting on you for these recommendations, you know, when they come to you. And also get to know drug supplement interaction, you know. Most pharmacists don't feel comfortable with it uh, because they think everything interacts with everything as far as supplement goes. But get to know these things so you can make safe recommendations, especially with our patients, uh, average patients nowadays being on so many different medications, there's a huge potential for drug interaction. So, so get to know these things. So back to your question, if anyone is interested, you know, I would say, first of all, learn these things on your own. Then find a mentor, you know, find someone who has gone through process, this process before you, they can guide you. I would say collaboration is also very important uh, with other healthcare providers because functional medicine is a very thorough, uh, comprehensive field. You are evaluating many different aspects of patient's life, right? Mind, body, spirit. And you can't be possibly an expert in all these areas. And you don't even have time, to be honest. Like, how would you go over everything in an appointment with the patient? So you must collaborate with other specialists who are experts in their field. Um, you know, there are also local groups. Uh, lo I talked about uh, Minnesota Holistic Medicine Group for people in Minnesota. I'm sure there are also national groups in other states that you can probably look up on Google or Facebook and you can find them. There are also Facebook groups as well, um, and I highly recommend Functional Medicine Pharmacist Group and Functional Medicine Pharmacist Alliance. And you, you know, you get to know a lot of different pharmacists who are in the field. People post questions very educational group that you can join. And, you know, we are in the era of Internet, so we are very lucky. You know, you can easily look up functional medicine conferences and sign up for them. There are seminars, you know, there are books, articles, there are podcasts that, that we can uh, listen to. And finally, you know, get enrolled in a certification program. There are many options right now. I think there are seven or eight options right now to choose from. Um, and like I said, many healthcare providers that I know that practice functional medicine don't even have the certification. They are self-taught and they are experts in their field, you know. So you don't have to have certification, but it definitely gives you more leverage and more credibility um, with patients and practitioners. Wow, thank you for that great advice. I'll try to include some of those groups you mentioned in the show notes and as well as some resources that I use for natural medicine and for uh, lab testing um, okay, yeah. in, ter in terms of supplement companies, yeah. And if you have just a couple more minutes, I'd love to ask some rapid-fire questions. Yeah, sure. Okay, if you um, if you just could name one thing that listeners 
can do to improve their quality of life right now? Okay, so one thing I would say would be food. Remember what I said before about the quote from Dr. Hyman is what you put at the end of the fork matters, right? It's actually turning on, turning off genes. The next time when you're eating, remember that. What you want to be telling your body to turn on which kind of genes and to turn off which kind of genes, right? And with food quality right now in the U.S., uh, Marina, it's, it's, it's very hard to pick good food. I understand, you know, it's very complicated. You have to read labels, all these things. So I would say one thing that to improve your life is to get rid of processed food, get rid of packaged food, right? Anything with those barcodes and packages, you don't want to consume that, right? Go more natural, you know, eat more closest to the source, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables, you know, clean protein, healthy fats, antioxidants, you know, and that's how our body is designed actually, right? All these new chemicals and new things, our body does not process it well. Our body does not recognize it. And some of these things that we put in our food is actually not not even allowed in other countries like Europe and Canada. And FDA, uh, you know, considers it safe, right? It is on our GRAS generally regarded as safe list. Which is, and, and these things are not even approved in Europe and Canada and other countries. So be mindful about what you're putting in your mouth every single day. So that's number one advice. I know you asked only one advice. I would also really stress on stress management. Uh, we are on overdrive at all times uh, in this country, and everybody is, like, on the go. And we are not designed to handle that kind of stress, right? We are designed to handle, yeah, stress is good, acute stress is good, you know, get things done. But chronic stress is not good. So, you know, eat good and relax more. <laughs> Great advice. Okay, what's a hobby or favorite downtime of yours? So, to be honest with you, I don't have many hobbies because of lack of time. Um, you know, with my community pharmacy job, with my full-time and I health uh, functional medicine practice, and uh, with my family, I have two kids. I have two daughters, uh, six years old and four years old. I don't have much time, but I try to do, you know, Whenever I have downtime, I like to spend that time with my family. So we work out as a family. I really like to cook um, with my kids to kind of teach them young. You know, we have forgotten we have that most people have forgot forgotten the um, the the skill of cooking. You know, everybody wants you know easy ready-made food, which is not good for us, right? So I like to cook and spend a lot of time in the kitchen, um, you know, making good healthy food with my kids and just, you know, relax with my kids. I, I'm in Minnesota, so it, winter is most of the year is winter, so we can't do much gardening. But in summer months, I love to do gardening, you know, get down and dirty. It's really good. Dirt is really good for your health and for kids. So I like to do gardening with them. I like to do cooking with them and just relax and spend some quality family time. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Okay, what's your favorite beverage? I like to drink water. <laughs> That's my favorite. And I also like, you know, kombucha tea is really high in probiotics. Um, and I like to drink teas, many different herbal teas. And they're really therapeutic for your health. And, uh, yeah. And they taste pretty good, too. Yeah, they taste very good. And they're relaxing. You know, they're different teas for different things. It's my nightly regimen. A lot of times after putting my kids to bed, 
you know, do some stretching and some yoga. And you don't have to do it, you know, for hours. I mean, just 10, 15 minutes to kind of wind down, you know, take some deep breaths and have your cup of relaxing, you know, nighttime tea that helps you, you know, sleep better. Yeah. So uh, tell the listeners, please, how they can get in touch with you or learn more about your work. So um, I, you can visit my website at myinaya.com. That's M Y E N A Y A dot com. Um, and if you fill out that uh, form on my website, I will get an email notification, and uh, you know I will reply back to you within a couple of days. Uh, also, I'm on social media on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Inaya Health. And you can follow me there. Uh, you can message me through Facebook. Uh, I also have my number posted, phone number posted on Facebook and my website, I believe. So you can e- even call me. And, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. All right. Well, Dr. Batul Dawood, thank you so much for this interview and the wonderful information that you shared with me and the listeners. Um, thank you for your time, and I wish you best of luck. Thank you so much, Marina. I really enjoyed our conversation, and you have happy holidays and happy Thanksgiving, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll keep in touch. Yeah, happy holidays to your family, and I'll definitely look you up on your social media so we can keep in touch for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Take care. As always, please send any questions, inquiries, requests to me. My email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website, rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.